You know, the first time you see Bill Gunn in the film, the director of the film, Bill Gunn, he's fucking smoking a joint. Did you ever notice that? <laughs> yeah. no, I noticed yeah. that. He's just he's at camera and he's just like Yeah, yeah. What's up? I'm make here's yeah. Ganjin S, you know? <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> going i'm evan oh husney welcome to one fucking hour of course the show where we only have one fucking hour to talk about one fucking movie um yeah. <laughs> episode 44 we got uh tom fitzgerald in the house tom what's going on hi everybody uh enjoying my october it feels like fall in my neck of the woods so uh <laughs> i'm happy that's good that's right it's actually yeah. one fucking tober if you uh, if you didn't know sorry we are we are covering horror movies all month, and this is our third that we've done so far. But everybody, let's say hello to Mr. Marcus Herring because he's also here. What's going on, Marcus? What's up? You know, uh, it's always fun when we have guests, but here we are again as a power trio. It's true. Yeah, it's like the, the core, the yes. raw classic. <laughs> yeah, uh, one fucking art. That's a yeah. good point. Because it yeah. won't be like that next week. You know. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm if I'm Getty, who's Neil? And then who's Alex? We have to figure that out. Christ. <laughs> we'll do an hour and a half. Holy shit. Uh, first off the bat, guys, I just wanted to say, please excuse me if I'm a little distracted during this episode. Um, some heavy news hit today. I don't know if you all saw on the, uh, on the news wire. We should mention it. Pour one out for, for our homie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr., Mr. Mike Shank uh, passed away from um, American Movie. Uh, yeah, that sucks. It really does. That's a that's a heavy and hard one. Obviously, we did one fucking hour on American movie, and that's not just a cheap plug. But you know, a few weeks it, ago, it was just just yeah, it was just a few weeks ago. And I think anybody can tune in, and watch American movie, and learn a thing or two about true friendship. You know, from Mike. So, uh, Godspeed, Mike. Hope you're up there jamming with Cliff and Randy and all them and Jimmy. And, <laughs> right, <clears throat> shredding in, in, yeah. the, in the clouds. Yeah, yeah I exactly. know. And and I hope he went peacefully. I don't know any of the circumstances, but. He seemed like a really sweet guy, and I just hope he. Yeah, uh, yeah he, it didn't go bad for him in, in yeah. the final hours. Shit. Exactly. Yeah, that sucks. So if I'm okay. a little, if I'm a little, you know, I know it's Ganjin okay. has time, but you know, if I'm a little, it's just you know, he he. he well, Ganjin has so. time. It's not exactly a party, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> well, maybe it's <laughs> apropos. You know, I had fun. I don't know. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, not, it's a uh, cracking up or something. Right, you know. right, right, right. So anyway, <laughs> all right, let's start the show. Let's get into the show here. We're talking about episode yeah. 44, uh, one fucking hour on Ganja and Hess. Okay, I'm going to start that clock. Here we go. Ah, clock. <laughs> it never gets you old. laugh and it's clock face <laughs> yeah we do Tonight. or it laughs at us actually um i know it has the last last word yeah it does definitely um 10 seconds wasted wasted. <laughs> 10 seconds wasted talking all right, about go ahead Fine, all right. <laughs> go ahead okay two seconds talking about it wasting the time yeah the- <laughs> all right here we go okay a little bit of backstory on the works. film 
uh, uh, here's a little backstory in the film before we get into it here, just for the folks at home. Okay, Ganjin Hess is the 1973 experimental horror film written and directed by playwright, novelist, writer-director, American Renaissance man, Bill Gunn. The film follows a wealthy anthropologist played by Night of the Living Dead's Dwayne Jones, hell yeah, mm. uh, who mm. one night is stabbed by an ancient mystical dagger and acquires the insatiable hunger for human blood. Now that's a log line. Um, this is uh, truly a one-of-a-kind independent film, haunting and singular, not only miles away from any black exploitation film in the entire genre, it wholly exists on a plane far beyond the other far-out films of the 1970s. Um, all right, now, before we get into this, uh, I just finished watching the film just moments ago before recording right, this right now, and I know that mm. I'm going to be taken to Ganjin Hess School uh, here just in just about the yeah. next hour, because this is definitely a Tom... Are. We all are. This is a Tom, it's Tom flick. The, uh, it's the breakdown of the circumstance in that uh, I think I've been a long-time fan and, and uh, someone is very interested in it. And then I wound up doing the past 48 hours of intense research. I couldn't stop. So um, I'm overstuffed with uh, this one. Amazing. Um, so we'll try to keep things flowing yeah. and kind of back and forthy. And, uh, but, uh, but this is I'm a here with all your This is a very Tom movie. I, I thought that I heard about it from you. I, that, that was my memory, and I, I, I looked at it. I tried to go into the old uh, archives of uh, your your uh, gray label <laughs> DVD right. site to see if I could find out if uh, if that's where I heard it from. But I couldn't find Maybe it. Maybe I mentioned it, you know, like when talking about another film or yeah, I don't I know, definitely right? associated with Ganjan has not to get ahead of any of this at all. What we're planning on, but it, it's it's a known entity, and actually, not to spoil it, but Evan, you were going to point out that like. Yes, we're doing Ganja and Hess. Yeah. Or, but. Well, I was going to say, ahead. you know, tonight, you know, is not we're not just talking about one fucking movie tonight. We're actually talking about two fucking movies tonight because this movie has a quite a bizarre history. Um, and, and Tom, yeah. you're going to you're going to hip us to all that. But before we do that, just for a minute, if you can just sort of explain, I think, your connection to this movie like this is, the, right. uh, you know, Marcus is 100 percent right. This is a very Tom film. When I think about a Tom movie, I think about this. I really do. But yeah, just tell us about your kind of connection to this movie. Why? Why is it a Tom <laughs> flick? Right, right, right. Well, okay, so I first found out about it um, uh, in uh, the Psychotronic Encyclopedia I got as a birthday mm. present when I was a kid. And uh, it, it had the double possession, one of the alternate titles, like a ad slick in, in the encyclopedia. And it was very brief. And I was like, Ganja and Hess? And actually, when I was older, me and my friends used to love that title because we were really into David Hess from last house on the left and ganja like marijuana not even that they were we were smoking pot but it was just sort of like what is this film like david hess and pots like what ganja and hess it's a great title yeah yeah we made ourselves laugh so cut to later when i was smoking pot and there was a point in my life my i guess early 20s when this is all vhs hell i had no help with anything except what was at the mom and pop store but my mission was, because um, I was the, the film guy with all my friends, and you know I would just bring home and talk, go to friends' houses and bring like the weirdest black films. You know, I could say black exploitation, but I was in the hunt for any black, uh, uh, you know, made black action, black whatever 
film from the 70s. And so I was trying to see all of them. I brought this up with MMA recently. Like I saw something called Speeding Up Time. You know, I saw um, Alabama's Ghost, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, so I got, <laughs> of course, I got around to, so of course, I get around to Blood Couple. And me and my friend Jason, uh, we were very stoned. And we were watching it, and we immediately were both like, yes. And I remember what happened was, a this is Blood Couple is what we saw. And the title card drops with on a freeze frame, which is always fun. And this incredible, like, like dark, eerie, minor chord synth, like, comes in. And we're just like, <laughs> yes. And then, um, but, the, but, the, but the, then we got really interested because we were like, hey, this is special. Because I just got to say this. My friend Jason said, when you see Bill Gunn in the beginning of the film playing the character of the uh, doctor's assistant who has dinner with uh, Dr. Hess, you know, Dwayne Jones, um, you know, that's the director in the movie. And he's right. very verbal. And my friend goes, oh, this is like Martin Scorsese in Taxi Driver. Not the wow. subject matter. Yeah, but he was right. And just like a very verbal New York man filmmaker in his own movie being verbal and being a character. And I was like, oh, I was like, right on. And it just, and then the whole film was so fascinating. But just to cut to the quick on what we're talking about, I, like just about everyone, saw Blood Couple because you didn't really have a chance to see Ganja and Hess. We'll get into yeah. that. Yeah. But um, I wound up having to wait 10 years or something to see Ganja and Hess wow. when uh, this DVD came out. Uh, light. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I actually have sort of a, a personal connection with Blood Couple and an affection for it. And I just rewatched it and it's pretty damn different. And uh, I guess maybe, gosh, we should talk about. So that's my kind of. Oh, God. Sorry. Side note. Um, my mother, my family lives in Nyack, <laughs> and so I have this other final connection, which is walk down the street from where she lives, and I can go to the church that's at the end of Ganjin Hess, that's and I went in crazy. there, and that's it was crazy. yeah, it was very haunting. Yeah, so it's a very Hudson Valley film because I also had an aunt and uncle who lived in Croton Harmon, which is the other side of the, the Hudson where they filmed at the at the mansion. So it's like wow. weirdness. Yeah. So there's some yeah. personal connection there for yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah. for sure. Oh, oh, sorry. And Sam Wayman, who wrote uh, the music and is in the film as the preacher man, Sam Wayman is a good friend of Bill Gunn. They were they all lived together in Nyack in the 70s. Sam Wayman's still around, lives in Nyack, and he like, my mom knows him. You know, like they, they hang out. Crazy. He's into jazz, and he does jazz performances. And so it's like all in the family. It's all in the so, family. Yeah. So, is anyway. he Nina Simone's brother? Yeah, that's right. Wow. That's right. Nina Simone's brother, Sam Wayman, and um, th uh, they were raised by uh, a whole big family of preachers. So he really took to being that big preacher man persona at the end of uh, Ganja and Blood Couple because he grew up in that environment of like Pentecostal. What is it? Um, Pentecostal. What is it? Pentecostal, like, uh, I have testified before the light, you know, that kind of thing. And so <laughs> he knows that in his blood, you know, it was very cool. Wow. He got, he got to perform that. So anyway, that's my whole backstory. And I think if I can just start from the top. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Just real quick. Cause before I think tonight folks is going to play out a little bit like a uh, cross examination of Tom a little bit on this right. film. So Marcus, feel free to jump in and we're going to, we're going to jump in along the way, of course, too. But one thing I wanted to ask is because, you know, before we started rolling, you were sort of talking about like and I assumed this, too, 
watching the movie just you know a little bit ago that you know this mm-hmm. is a movie that you really truly love and like it's a movie that you know right, right. That, that that you like as a film but it's more complicated <laughs> than that right in a way i mean well it's there's a few things going on because again i knew blood couple <laughs> And then I saw Ganjin Hess many years later, and I like Ganjin Hess, but it's not Blood Couple. And I do like the film. I think that it has a lot going against it in that um, it's a micro-budget thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's also very stoned. And I, I'll get into that too, hopefully, if we have time, where I would say that the post-production is 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 as wild and free for all and kind of like stone-hazed the post-production, the editing, and the application oh, yeah. of sound sound effects. Uh, as much as almost like the last movie that Dennis Hopper did, like um, he had a very, you can look that up, extra reading. He had a very chaotic post-production. It took like two years to like not even make the right edit and then release the last movie. So I guess what I'm saying is it's it's wildly experimental. And I think that it um, it possesses real strengths and a magic to it. But it's not I don't put it on like I do with other films. But the point is, and what you're leading me to, is I'm absolutely fascinated by the phenomenon, everything surrounding it, yeah. pre, during and yeah. post production. It's yeah. a wild ride. It's one of the wild rides of 70s cinema. And yeah, there, there are a lot. Like I just said, I agree. The I agree. I agree completely. And it, that, that's what really stuck out to me, too, watching it again. is like <clears throat> anytime you're getting those like drenched delay pedal sequences. Like, yeah, yeah, that or or taking Hello. like the the like that music, you know, that like kind of African, what like whatever that you know chanting music, you know, kind of world music vibe thing, like the Bengali know. work song or whatever from a yeah. a folkways record from the fifties. Yeah, but right. put through. But baked yeah. in a uh, drenched in reverb, but also a hard, ugly, atonal, either uh, keyboard or um, like distorted uh, horn instrument, like. Uh... Wow, wow. slow-mo. Echoplex, yeah. Yeah, it's super stoned. You know, the first time you see Bill Gunn in the film, the director of the film, Bill Gunn, he's fucking smoking a joint. Did you ever notice that? (laughs) I noticed that. He's he's at camera and he's just like... Yeah, yeah. What's up? Here's Ganjin S, you know? (laughs) And Ganja is a reference. They were saying, oh, it's like Ganja and Hash. Like, it is a shout-out to getting weeded out the title that's it so is. Cool. yeah yeah right. i mean i know yeah. it seems obvious but it's confirmed you know they're very know stoned out yeah. yeah anyway wow that's amazing yeah so the uh because because and 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 that that sound cue just while we're on it because it's so amazing mm-hmm. and when it, when it comes back it comes back a lot in the movie as sort of a theme and, and it works quite perfectly because you know dwayne jones is researching 
this sort of you know African nation of I guess they're like the 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 Merinthians. Do I have that right? Merinthians. Merinthian. Yeah, yeah. They were like a nation of like blood drinkers or something. Mirtha or whatever. Yeah, that's the legend. Yeah, yeah. And so he's kind of researching that. That's where his area of anthropology is, and um, that's where we're kind of set up into. And of course, I think a big theme with this movie too is obviously talking about like we talked about this. We're going to keep going back to it. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, we did one fucking hour on Martin. I you know, know which it's the all parallels are nuts. I know this. Yeah, this, this month and <laughs> they are, and yeah. how that's that's a modern sort of well, it is a sort of take on like modernity and this more so in a racial context, you know, for sure, which is really Absolutely. fascinating. I mean, that's kind of what that's like the main takeaway I have with this movie is like the idea that, you know, it is it is a real commentary on that, you know, um, kind of hearkening back to. The old world in Africa into into now and all the, those sort of modernity. parallels like absolutely yeah, yeah and and also just on the vampire concept both weirdly Martin in this film um, have practical applications for its vam- quote unquote vampires yeah you know uh, Martin has a syringe and Ganja uh, at one point is stealing plasma from a blood bank you yeah. know like uh, that's so and it's like mid seventies and like rough industrial northeastern areas like what that was an accident that we chose those two yeah it was which is kind of crazy yeah 100 percent um marcus there's something you want it's so cool there's like a it's sort of presents like a like an alternate like you know origin story for vampirism or like a non-eurocentric story Mm -hmm. for vampire but then there's it's really interesting how they thread in like like uh european and western it's all kind of mushed together like he the main characters like lives in this mansion it's got all this european art they're walking around this european art museum uh or the, the you know the brooklyn museum there's all this european mm-hmm. art on the walls and stuff mm-hmm. and, and it's really interesting that like it's not like a one-to-one commentary or anything it's more sophisticated sort of like merging of all those things and yeah. i don't know it's just really it's kind of it's just there's part of it that really is uh, just brain food in a way because a lot of the mm-hmm. elements from the film stay with you. And, um, you know, it's not like a perfect film by any means, but I think how could you not love a movie like this? I think that takes so many chances, you know, that like oh. uh, that really experiments with the theme that like, I mean, just uh, Bill Gunn's like whole approach to like, you know, like I'm going to make Gonna, someone's going to hire me to make a vampire movie, but I'm going to make the movie I, I want to make anyway, you know? And yeah, absolutely. We're going to get so many things that are just really... We're going to get to that. Yeah, sure. No, I'm not going to spoil anything, but just I just really found this really inspiring, you know, like, yeah. like just to make a film that's so different. You know, I'm not saying I would want to yeah. make a, a vampire film or like an mm-hmm. art film, but I was just really inspired by this, just like that someone set out to make a film. I know it was like the early 70s, so everyone was, you know, feeling more experimental, but it's right. like... I wish people felt more permission to like experiment like that. I mean, I well, guess, you know, the, maybe the box office is the the real problem for that. But I think that like, right. I wish people could, could make more experimental films. And that's one of my main takeaways from this. I just felt like really yeah. inspired. It's, it is, it's, it's a great totemic object, uh, even within the seventies that had so many totemic objects that, the sp- that included the spirit of independent film. This one is like, well, like off the charts. You know what I mean? Well, well, um, well I'll get it. Sorry, seven, yeah. Just one more thing, and then let's get into the backstory. If that's where you want let's to go, I, I was just going to yeah. say real quick, just for me and, and what Marcus was saying, <clears throat> is it's like you know the plot you could write in a sentence or two. It, it's very straightforward in terms of. Sure. 
you know, uh, yeah, you have you have Dwayne Jones. You have this character. He's he's this. Uh, he's like an anthropologist. Uh, anthropologist. Right. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. He's he's an anthropologist, but he also, you know, and he, and he's researching this culture, like we were mentioning. He has this assistant played mm-hmm. by Bill Gunn, who has basically mm-hmm. in the middle of the night attacks him. With this knife, right? They attacks him in the middle of the night. A Mathurian uh, dagger. Right. And then he, but then Bill Gunn's character in this movie commits suicide. And then that then causes this Dwayne Jones character, uh, uh, the character of Hess, uh, to basically see, he, he sees his blood on the floor. <laughs> gets down and he starts drinking his blood because right. he's now has right. the compulsion of this ancient vampirism that's now right. you know he's cursed with or however that right. works and right. and and then and then basically we're just introduced to this female character uh who is uh who was uh bill gunn's ganja wife. yeah right ganja yeah. in the film and she comes in looking for the bill gunn character and mm-hmm. and then eventually finds him dead but then they fall into this romance and and then you know it's that's pretty much the, the the through line of this film, but well, the and they become time, dysfunctional blood junkies, basically. That's right. Yes, because the the, yeah. the film is about addiction, and that is what Bill Gunn wanted to do, and not addiction like you know like very obvious you know rigorous like it's not the blood is a metaphor for heroin, or that heroin's a metaphor for blood. You know, it's um, addiction to, that anyone can get stuck with sex, right. uh, personal wealth, um, fame. Yeah. Anything that you get hung up on and, is yeah. is you put that in there. Yeah, and then it takes that loose just narrative thread, but then the whole movie is like this free jazz sort of like th- you know totally. just jamming on that theme, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and really letting these characters kind of their 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 relationship, uh, you know, Ganja and Hess, their sort of relationship be very free form and just having the audience in this very non linear just really cool portraits of them in life and and kind of musing yeah. on certain things yeah. and it's just very loose ended and then it comes together in these really like jo 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 you know uh, passages Set pieces. Some... it's just a very cool flick you know it's it's just really cool yeah. so but well you you Unfortunately, you know, you are making me uh, go crazy thinking, oh, my God, I want to talk about this and that. But let's try to. uh, (laughs) Well, it's just um, no, no, it's just it's tough. I mean, this is a nightmare for me. I'm not going to enjoy this hour. So (laughs) it's frustrating because so much I want to talk about. I'll start with the the beginning. You know, let's start from the beginning in in the history of this film. So Bill Gunn, he's a guy. He's on the he's on the the the, the periphery kind of of um, the New York City arts. He was an actor. He wrote a novel in the early '60s. He was in plays. He wrote plays. Um, he uh, was he was personal friends with Dwayne Johnson, by the way. Just to clarify, he didn't think, "Oh, I'm making a black horror film. Let's get who's the guy from Night Living Dead." They were Dwayne buddies. Jones. Dwayne Jones and him were rolled up. It was just a. What I'm saying is, it's such a beautiful coincidence that. Dwayne Jones probably would not have made another horror film in his life after Night of the Living Dead. It's just that he was great friends with with Bill Gunn and and and, and believed in his work. Isn't that wild? That's so, awesome. So um, just total. It's like guy from Pittsburgh, and then he meets the New York City avant-garde guy, Bill Gunn. Bill Gunn actually had a, a moment in the Sun in Hollywood, not unlike Melvin Van Peebles. Melvin did Watermelon Man for big like I think Columbia Pictures. You know, it was in the time. 
you know, after MLK's assassination, where, um, you know, the white establishment of all over the place was sinking, let's do something here and help black Americans. And so that also included Hollywood. So Watermelon Man happens for Van Peebles. But then Bill Gunn did two scripts, one for The Landlord, which is Hal Ashby's first feature, very famous film, and another one, oh, yeah. uh, Angel Levine. Angel Levine with Zero Mustel is his second script. He actually made a film called Stop for Warner Brothers. And it's weird. I have a copy, <laughs> and uh, it never came out. Uh, like, they shelved it at, at Warner Brothers. So oh, wow. he did do Hollywood for a minute. And that guy Isn't that Stop's kind of bold, too, or something, right? Doesn't it have some, like... Uh, yeah, sure. Like, it's a Bill Gunn movie, <laughs> but it has like some maybe like homosexual themes to it or something. Which that's part of the for, script, yeah. You know. But so um, no, it's definitely a, a different film. I think it was rated X, for instance. You know. Oh wow. So they just, but yeah, not XX, but you know, like a, yeah. a 1970X. Anyway, so he was known, and 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 there was a personal friend of his, this producer, who believed in him and said, uh, let's figure this out. So there was this company called Kelly Jordan, uh, two businessmen, and they did something interesting. They tried. They said, let's make like five black independent films. Hmm. Uh, one was uh, based on a script by Maya Angelou. <laughs> okay. That's the, the level they were at. This was not Blackula to people. Like they were uh, working on, on a script uh, yeah, by Maya Angelou called Georgia, Georgia, and they were going to make a James Baldwin adaptation oh, wow. that he did the script for. And one of these was Ganja and Hess, you know, but they only really made a few films, including Ganja and Hess and everything went to hell and the company didn't do all five. And of course, Ganja and Hess went to hell. And so this film somehow got made tiny budget, uh, really small. They were, I think they were all the same budget, the five films. And so here's this is pivotal. Actually, what I'm about to say is Bill Gunn submitted a script to this these producers and it was more linear involving vampirism blood sucking horror scenes of blood coming out of the body and all this stuff a more linear script definitely a more linear script like and and, and it's the kind of thing that a lot of people would do like i think they did that for performance which mm -hmm. by the way donald camel in this film remind me uh, perform, uh, of uh, oh, performance yeah. reminds me totally. yeah no time for the parallels but um because I think they submitted a performance script and they went, okay, that's fun. And they gave it to Warner Brothers and threw it out. And they made this insane bullshit like on set. And that same happened with Ganja and Hess. Wow. Huge parallels. So what I'm, so I am, there is a real point to this because they uh, had a script thrown out because the innovations that Bill Gunn had when he shot this were, were, were many fold. Um, it wasn't an all black cast, but it's mostly black cast. So he was giving a, <clears throat> a cast and crew, excuse me. So he was giving a chance to, a director of photography who had just done a few industrial films, you know, and so on and so on, that kind of thing. And, and then the editor, who's a white guy, um, who did like, you know, an artful film about like, you know, uh, embroidery or something that, comes wow. in, that uh, excuse me, Bill Gunn happened to see. Not a pro, not a, a hack. So the thing is, though, and this is another key that I learned, is Bill Gunn, the way he behaved was he delegated everyone in their role to, to, to be as creative and to flourish and flower to their fullest potential. He hires you, he trusts you, be that editor and bring you to the editing. Mm. Be that actor, be Marlena Clark, be uh, Dwayne uh, Jones. Who are you? You do your own monologues. What do you want to say in this scene? Wow. The, the music, what are you hearing in this scene? You know, and uh, the photography, how do you want to shoot the scene? And one thing, the one thing he did this is very pivotal too. It's all pivotal. Sorry, is 
he had a look <laughs> he had basically an early version of a lookbook that he gave the director of oh. photography so he said all i want is like see this photo uh, the, sh the shadow hitting like a statue. Here's, look at this flower, the way it's wilting. And he would just, that's how he would explain the look of the film. Amazing. Visually. And can't you wow. see that? And how yeah. it's shot? Yeah, so, I can see that. Um, I, I like the idea so, of so like... So it's very collaborative. Very collaborative. Yeah, yeah no, it's awesome. I, I, I just really like the idea of like, you know, it, it's not just like, here, bring me your ideas, you know, to make this movie. It's more just like, mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, expand your palette, you know, by kind of letting you free. I'm going to free you of your inhibitions and what you may be thinking going into this project and what I want and what you don't want. And so I, I think that's really mm -hmm. cool. And, and you can see that because the, cause, because the movie itself has this freedom, you know, and that really comes through where like from scene to scene, mm -hmm. it really it really just feels like it's just on. It has its own path. that's going on its own its own its own path that's going from yeah. scene to scene. So it's just really non-traditional, cool. non-Western kind of flow. Yeah. It's, it's almost kind of trite to say, but that's kind of like jazz, right? Where people yeah. are bringing or improvising right. and bringing their own personalities to it. There's like a, there, there's like a, there's a, a drum beat and like a bass line in the background and people are kind of experimenting over the top. So totally, absolutely. absolutely. But I will say like, um, like, so I'll just, I'll be, I'll maybe try to like ex talk about this in a specifics and then we'll move on. But just like the editor, this was so revealing to me, is the editor, I'll just explain to you exactly what the editor said. This is how the editing of this film worked. Of Ganjan Hess, by the way, it's another right. key point, is he liked the, like I said, he saw the editor's work and he said, I like you, you get it. And he just met it with the editor once, Bill Gunn met with him once and went, da 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 da, -da simpatico, you get me. And he went, all right, edit the movie, I'll see you later. And he just split. And so this guy, just said like i want to have what you're seeing those edits are the editor's work like he's Whoa. saying i want to have i want yeah i know i want to have a cutaway i want a split screen i want to have a dissolve i want to have slow mo here i want to cut this way i want the music to cut out here all oh, this guy this we i forgot his name of course this like another weirdly eastern european guy he's not famous oh you'll like this sorry evan this is for you bro okay he of course otherwise edited the uh, joel m reed films so the no. same editor who did all this wild Ganjin Hess work, uh, the next thing freaks. he did was like, let's fucking freaks. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? That's Hello. Crazy. He said, well, I have experience with blood sucking movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But Jesus, I couldn't believe that. Oh, I know. His name is, uh, it's, it's the 70s. His name is Vic Victor Kanevsky. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, and and he's, he's like a white guy, but he's like a wild, he's more like a creative New Yorker. That's yeah. the denominator. And then, so my other anecdote is just, um, shit, I forgot it already. Is, uh, what oh was boy. it? It's the music. The, oh, well, the director of photography. <laughs> That's no small thing. He, he Basically, they broke up the power of the editing the same way as performance. It, where you had Nick Rogue, he shot performance, and Camel worked with the actors. In Ganjin Hess, um, Gunn, Will Gunn, just worked with the actors, really. And he wow. just said, shoot it, go over here and shoot it. And so the, the wow. DP is Nick Rogue. Isn't that wild? And he just trusted him and he went, just go, go nuts and do that. And what do you think? That lens? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like he would, you know, Gunn would look into things and go, how, what's going on? But he wouldn't ever dictate and he didn't ever counter the vision of these people. I was wow. wondering that because he came from, well, he was doing plays before this, right? Like. A bit. Yeah. And yeah. to, and well, and he, he made a. Uh, Stop. Scripts. 
Yeah. And then he did one movie. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Some of it was framed like a play where it's like a like a wide shot and it just plays out for like a long time. Monologues. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly monologues. Yeah. We'll see. That's Bill Gunn. And then yeah. more of the flourishes of the uh, cinematography is this crazy unknown guy who didn't really do much else, you know? So um, that fascinated me. Um, so I guess, uh, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll just walk through as we talk here, the films made this way. Can I say way. one thing about that real quick? Please, we're talking, please, of course. We were just talking about the, the, the cinematographer and the editor, like just two. So, so what you're saying, like, there's a shot that's in this movie. I think it's in the bathroom trying to remember it's probably two-thirds of the way through the movie and it's like the camera is on a rotating right. swivel and it's basically just goes like that you know yeah and it's like this weird slanted circular motion so that's basically just this guy showing up being like hey we can rig this up and go to town like yeah yeah, yeah. i think so i mean um yeah because i saw i heard the commentary and that includes the dp and he was oh. always going like, oh, here, this room was weird. And I had to do something innovative. And he was always, yeah. of course, talking about the camera work. You know, that's amazing. It's like the, the cinematography is definitely remarkable in this, like, because there are like some really beautiful shots, like some diamonds totally. in the rough. And like, totally. you know, there's there's some parts that are underexposed and weird and feel dreamlike, you know, and just I mean, it, mm-hmm. it feels like a weird, like you woke up in the middle of the night and saw something on TV, you know, Absolutely. and yeah. went back to bed in the morning. You're thinking about it. You're like, what was that? Marcus, That's how I felt. Yeah. I have a thing for you. <laughs> God damn it. We only have an hour. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to quantum leap teleport to my conversation coming up. I was going to say, Marcus, that, ah, uh, fuck. People saw blood couple. Oh Christ! People saw the edited, changed version of Ganjin Hess, and, 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 and okay, Ganjin Hess came out. I'll jump around. Ganjin Hess came out. It did badly. It played w- literally one week, only one theater, only one place, New York City, wow. and never played America anywhere else. It played wow. con, and it was well received, but it didn't do that much. The French did like it, okay. But it played New York for one week only in April 1973, disappeared. It got yanked. There was a new distributor. They called it Blood Couple. We'll get into all that in a second. They called it Blood Couple. Then when The Exorcist came out, it was called Double Possession. But my point is that nobody saw Ganjin Hess, but everybody in Grindhouse world saw Blood Couple. So my little note here that I wrote to myself was, can you imagine? Because the thing is, Blood Couple is just as weird as Ganjin Hess. And my theory is it's weirder because it does adhere a little bit more to convention because it was edited in a way that was a little more linear. So it's a weirder almost because you're like, because the thing is blood couple would play on double bills with like Kung Fu movies at drive-ins. Think about that for a second. So (laughs) I was thinking you're stoned out of your mind. You're half asleep. You just watched like a Bruce Lee movie. And then you're like waking up or did you go to sleep and are waking up and like, what is this blood couple? And it's like, wait, oh, they got the reels reversed. Yeah. Like, like in the projection booth, like, oh, they played the first reel last. Like, like something's gravely wrong with this film because blood couple, and we'll get to that now, is just as messed up in its own way. Back yeah. So how so, did that, how did that come? Sorry. What's the, so I, I mean, okay. I, I haven't seen, I didn't see the movie. I only saw Ganjin Hess. Right. Right. I saw I saw yeah. Ganjin Hess, you know, tonight. Right. I've never seen Blood Couple. I'll probably go back now and right, check okay. it out because I actually It's assumed, on YouTube, everybody. 
Oh, great. Because I actually assumed when you first were telling us about this leading up to this week, I assumed that Blood Couple was going to be more of like, oh, we're going to recut this for more of a conventional repackaging. You know, but it's it's not that at no. all, right? Yeah. No, I mean, A, it's not possible quite to do a ganjin, to do a straight ganjin hess because sure. the, the raw material that you have is is so strange and, and irregularly shaped for an, a regular Hollywood narrative kind of thing, or even mm -hmm. B-movie, not narrative. But again, gentlemen, I have to point out <laughs> that there's this strange, inspired, creative person, unlike most hack jobs, where they go, oh, we've got like a, a West German movie, and okay, give it to this guy. They're called like doctors, you know? Right, and they right. would just like like go like, all right, cut the beginning. That's boring. And like, what's that? And like, show more nudity and and have the guy getting murdered in the beginning, not at the end. You know, just hack job for the pure drive-in aesthetic where they were thinking blindly like, will this sell tickets? Will this appeal to the most period interests? But not for Ganjin Hess, because when the new distributor got their hands on this film, they change it to blood couple. It went to a doctor, a film doctor who was inspired and strangely wow. another Eastern European man who had a totally creative take on it. And he looked at this and said, this is interesting. I think that the guy lost himself in this edit that he made of this film and he got a little too cute for himself and made too mm. much of an obtuse uh, abstract film. There's a real film here. There's kind of a horror film here. There's kind of a story here, and it's actually all pretty interesting, and it's shot really well, and there's, it's an interesting wow. movie. So this guy, yeah, I know, he spent like three months on, or no, he spent like eight, nine weeks on this, and he worked really hard, but he also had the all the elements, guys. So he was taking different takes. You know, he didn't just oh. have the, the like the like the answer print That's and just cool. like. That's yeah. cool. So you had the whole. So you film. see stuff that you don't see in Ganjin. Absolutely, yes. different takes, Whoa. stuff that's not. Okay, you know, I'll break it down to you this way, guys. It's a half an hour shorter. Blood Couple is half hour in time less than Ganjin Hess. Hold like on. That. But it has 15 minutes more that's oh. not in Ganjin Hess. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Every and movie I should. I want every movie to be right? like that. You know, that I, I want a version of Star Wars that's like that. I know. Oh, well, that's the thing. Amazing. Well, that's the thing. It's like, um, it's a fascinating exercise in the art of editing because two different guys took the same footage and had their own interpretation of it. So it's like, it is this strange right. accidental It sounds like a, like a challenge film project or yeah, something, like right, some hipster right. film project. Right, it's like, exactly. And so, um, so, so, okay, so the, con so the consequence is, because remember I said in the beginning that I know Blood Couple much more, and I first saw that, and like, I kind of have a real um, affection for it. It's, oh, wow. I really love it, and it's not bad. And the thing is, it loses, it's, it, it's much more of a horror film. Like specifically, like in the in the scenes, like it doesn't have the long church scene. I thought that would be the first thing they <laughs> yeah. would cut. It, sh it shortens first the church thing. scene, and also, gentlemen, spoiler alert: Blood Couple has a shortened church scene, but at the end, when he's really testifying with with Sam Waymans, you know, uh, when when you know Hess is there and really going through like a religious experience, it cuts to the murders in solarized psychedelic inverse color. <laughs> So it's going like, you know, 
And uh, and by the way, side note is Bill Gunn and and the original people were invited to watch Blood Couple, and Bill Gunn walked out in disgust after ten minutes. Whoa. He was so angry. No, I got I'm another sure. one. I got yeah, another I'm one sure. for you. No, I got another one for you. <laughs> the editor of Blood Couple was present, and the editor of Ganja and Hess. Okay, they were in the same building, and they knew each other because they were both kind of like, um, you know, like industry, you know, work workmen like editors. And they went like, "Oh, hey!" They're in the elevator, and they were like, "Oh, hey!" And then uh, Ganja, no, hold on, yeah, Ganja got no Blood Couple guy goes. Hey, Ganja editor, what do you think? And he's like, no, you did a terrible job. I hate it. I love Ganja. And remember what I said, that he's, it's the two guys who edited the film. Bill Gunn didn't edit them. These are the two guys who edited the two versions of the Bill Gunn version. And yeah, so that's how weird it gets. So, um, God, I'm wait, spacing in a few things. <clears throat> just go ahead. Just real go quick. I, well, there's one thing. <laughs> there's one thing. Is this uh, getting weird? Be yeah. quick. <laughs> Before you overdose. Um, the, I'm uh, all right. The, it's uh, so much. No, I know, I know. I, there's one thing I wanted to ask, though. I had a question. Mm-hmm. Is <clears throat> maybe I read somewhere along the way, or kind of had some. You know, maybe you've already said this, but just the idea that there was another produ- like what wasn't Blood Couple spearheaded by the producer, right? Who who thought that Ganja and Hess had no. I mean, I, obviously you said it played one theater and it died there, but he basically yeah. what was this was this done to save the the financial investment of this movie or what? Was yeah, the, yeah. Kelly Jordan were this kind of highfalutin, short-lived production team, and they were going to make those ambitious, like black independent art films. Right. And they just and they and they didn't give Ganjin Hess a chance. Actually, Ganjin Hess opened, and it had a huge like Klieg Light limousine premiere, and it was oh like beautiful, beautifully sad. Like Marlena cool. Clark said, it was it was a, it was the most beautiful night she'd had in, in the oh, film wow. business. She was dressed up and being photographed, and they went to Sardi's after. But then the but then the way things used to be, the reviews came in the next morning and it was uh, savage. You can read them all up. Everybody, the Times, Daily News, they all were like, this is bad. And oh, uh, it shit. broke everyone's heart. And so Kelly Jordan went, we're out, we're out, we are out. And they said, can we just sell this off? And they sold it to some other company like Heritage Incorporated or something. Oh, okay, I got and it. so those guys just went like, all right, we got this thing on a deal. Let's make some money. Let's get to the drive-ins like we did with you know, like a German sex film, you know, like whatever. And they accidentally really, like I said earlier, it made some amazing cool, they did, cool art. Yeah, they didn't get a hack guy. They got wow. this inspired guy who was differently inspired, who made yeah. his own uh, Bill Gunn film, you know, like that's so, so weird. That's what's so remarkable about it. And it's also, so weird. I'll, I'll put a button on this. So Bill Gunn said, no way. Take, everyone wanted their name off the film, off Blood Couple. So Blood Couple uh, was actually credited as the director's credit is the um the real name of the um the the, the doctor of, of editing the guy who made the second version blood couple so it's not even a bill Gunn film in technically as far as credits I, so no, I, is it is it true that the uh the negative was destroyed the ganja and hess negative was destroyed in order no, to make Blood couple it's it's it, everything's okay on that one because a few floated around and by the time we're here now like that there's a nice blu-ray um, it was kind of saved um, through like, I think there was like a, a Super 16 that kind of saved the day because there was a 35 at, actually, actually no, there was a 35 at MoMA. Like while while everyone's freaking out seeing Blood Couple in a drive-in, right, at yeah. three in the morning, occasionally at the Museum of Modern Art would play Ganja and Hess. Amazing. With the, single, amazing. It, with the single 35 millimeter that existed. Right. 
Because it did well. It did well at Cannes that year, right? That's what I read. It did okay. Well, I said that. Remember, I, oh, it, yeah. it did. It, it made know. an impression. <laughs> it did. It made an impression. No, no, no. So like through the seventies and the early eighties, it was a popular at MoMA. It's in the permanent collection, but it was literally the one print that people thought that was the one print in the world. I think it was Bill Gunn's. But can I just one thing I wanted to bring? I, I do want to kind of finish up on this whole weird blood couple thing, if, and because we can move on. One thing I want to point out is the dynamics of this are particularly interesting. Remember I was saying that the second director, the second editor, second editor had all these uh, outtakes and alternate takes. And what he had was, this is so crazy, Bill Gunn shot some of the film, Dungeon Hess, uh, to please the producers, to prove in rushes that he was making a conventional film more or less. Wow. And not this super far out thing. So things that he was never planning to be in the Ganja and Hess film, he wow. shot so that the second director was able to make the more relatively more conventional vampire film. You see what I'm saying? Wow. Isn't that insane? That is yeah. crazy. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And, so, and, and to think that like he didn't intend for these to be used and then they read like per probably something they desperately needed to make the movie the movie they're trying to make you know in this with the second film uh um, that the original producers were hoping more which is just closer yeah. to being horror and be making uh sense to an average viewer yeah it's kind of funny because there's there's a there, there's a unrelated there's a story about you know cassavetes and and um and the film husbands you know where he would like mm -hmm. intentionally edit an entirely separate version of the movie just to like pretend to show you know that nobody would see but the executives so they could say yeah okay he's oh, really doing go. he's really doing a conventional we'll uh film here and then and then yeah. of course meanwhile separate editing bay going on making this really crazy obtuse you know long two and a half hour film you know yeah. which is so so i funny. guess it's a kind of a trick you know so yeah. you know we got we got 20 minutes i mean we could talk about the film itself which we haven't done too much yeah but maybe to stimulate the conversation i wanted to bring up let's stay on ganja and hess for a moment Sure. But I wanted to bring up the the ending really struck me with with Ganja, and I wanted to see what you guys were thinking. Love but it. this the succession of, of of images for the end of the film. He's out of the uh, church. Side note: Dwayne Jones had a religious experience, and the thing about that those scenes that is verite stuff. It suddenly becomes a documentary. The film's kind of fantastical. Yeah, I did yeah. want to point that out. It's got that that OF, OFH requirement that it has a documentary <laughs> element. So. Right, exactly. Another one. <laughs> That is just, you know, a two camera setup of documenting what was happening in that room. And the guy who made the music, who's not a preacher, is the preacher in the film portraying one. But Dwayne Jones, I just wanted to point this out so we can move. Maybe we can talk through the end of the film is what I'm trying to do. Um, he had a religious experience and he was deeply affected. And to the point where after you see him walk slowly, kind of like like speaking in, he's speaking in tongues. And he's kind of um, twitching Whoa. and he's kind of vibrating. No one could talk to him. And he just sort of wandered off. He walked out of the church. It's on film, him walking wow. out of the church from the balcony, which I was in. But in the balcony, and he just wandered off into the street because he was having such an intense emotional religious experience. Was so, he a Pentecostal uh, too? Do you know? I mean, he must. Dwayne uh, Jones, no idea. You know, he's a mysterious huh. guy. Wayne. Yeah. And he died. No idea, young. but he really. I know. No, you know what yeah. sucks? Side note, Bill Gunn and Dwayne Jones died in the late 80s, and yeah. they never got to see Ganja and Hess get its due, truly, and have a big 
yeah. you know, uh, like understanding through the DVD release. And, and, well, we, we should also say, too, that like, you know, I know from being in here in New York, like it feels like Ganja and Hess plays like, you know, once or twice a year. You know, still you can go get it at the Metrograph. You know, they're going to play it there. They're going to play it, yeah. you know, at the at the Film Society Lincoln Center. Um, you're going to, yeah, and you got the Blu-ray, the 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 awesome Kino release and everything. Like, yeah, it's really now celebrated as you know a very important movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of very important critical writing on it too. You know, there's great stuff that you can get it on on this on this flip. Just as an aside, I, I liked that it was released by Kino and not by Criterion because I, I like it when <laughs> I get a little tired of the hege- hegemony, the corporate hegemony of like uh, yeah. uh, Criterion's nuts where they have to own like every single yeah. art house film. So I bet they wanted when I, it. I saw it was Kino. I was like, okay, good. Like I love when yeah. one gets by and Anchor Bay releases it or yeah. something. You well, know? There was you know that, what? There was that thing, though, that came out. What was it? They got like Criterion was in some hot water about not releasing enough black films. They had like five black films in the entire catalog. Oh, shit. And oh, it was, it that was, sounds uh, right. <laughs> and, then, and then there was a huge call out. They like got called out hardcore. And so now every month, I think there's a right. new there's one, at least one black film. Right. They put well, they're overcompensating. Yeah, they're overcompensating. But but it's, it's so but that's probably why it's not in the uh, catalog. But go on. Right. Uh, so I was saying, like, so the ending, so you, it suddenly becomes a documentary and Dwayne Jones is really feeling it. And then he goes back to the mansion with uh, with Ganja. I just want to say these things and, and hear you guys out. I was really affected by it. I noticed that the film becomes completely nonverbal. Like, it's not really verbal, not even really in the church, because the guys, it's not dialogue anymore. No. And dialogue sort of ends, you know, like in the last bit of the movie. And, and then what you... And then what you hear is um, he comes home to her and, uh, you know, he's going through some heavy stuff uh, and uh, he's tortured and he's going to die soon. And the thing is, um, they wanted a primal scream, that cyclical screaming. And Love Sam that. Wayman's, um, this is another thing where the person is uh, trusted to innovate. Sam Wayman's tried all kinds of instruments to have that kind of wailing, painful, hurt, primal screaming sound. And he said, you know what? Nothing's going to substitute. I'm just going to scream into the mic. So there's that screaming in the mic. The house is empty. I don't know if you noticed that, but all the, the, the bejeweled kind of like uh, busyness of all the artifacts and everything. The house looks like it's, you know, closed out. It's just shadows. Archie, the incredible butler's gone. Yeah. And, um, and then you see that, that shot of the blowing leaves, which reminded me of the end of yeah. The Godfather 2. You know totally. in The Godfather 2, when the totally. suicide <laughs> happens in the bathtub? And, 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 and yeah, and then this movie, the blowing leaves crossing the, 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 the like sort of shadowy late afternoon of, of the house. And then, and then, of course, it cuts. I'm just going right through it, and then I want to hear from you guys. It cuts to, um, you know, like, what, what does Ganja see when Hess seems to be gone, which is the, the now dead uh, a dinner, guest. Uh, dinner guest they had, who she yeah. had sex with and stabbed, um, is running naked. He's an enormous phallus, which I don't think is just incidental. And he runs slow motion, coming from out of the water of the pool. Yeah. And you just see it. It's like two frames. He jumps over... The corpse of the butler. Whoa, I didn't notice that. Yeah, Whoa, and then you shit. see her. Then she looks at camera, like in Magnolia, but better. And uh, <laughs> and then and then it cuts. And then the credits are those school children yeah. singing a chorus. Yeah, it's it's. 
Thoughts? It's, thoughts? Well, I, I don't. I don't have many thematic thoughts on it. I, I just feel like it's. It's really. I mean, again, as we talked about, that there's so many powerful little moments in this movie that just kind of like pop. You know, kind of you get lost in yeah. some sauce of experimental wiggle. You know, here and there, but then something really pops, and th- and the ending really does. And there's kind of like this very um heavy poetry to that like you know i don't know exactly what he's trying to say by that 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 character being reanimated and coming out of the uh, like you know out of the water at the end but it's cool as hell you know like and yeah 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 you know and it's, and it's can, a, I, can, and I, can i can like i have awesome, bill, like a music video or something it is. i know can i can i have bill answer you bill Please. gonna answer you he simply said look it's like a fellini film or something which he was influenced by Oh, he said, or, or no, Bergman. He really liked Bergman, actually. So, oh, wow. Uh, he, cool. said, he said, like, wow. yeah. So he's like, it's like Bergman. It's like, Ganja and, I'm paraphrasing, Ganja and Hess is whatever you want Ganja and Hess to be, whatever That's you dope. think it is. Well, you know what it reminds me of? This it, is like super, sorry, Marcus, go ahead. You go ahead, then I'll, I'll comment on it. No, you're much further along than I was. But all I was going to say is it does feel like that to me, like that it's just sort of a... yeah. Um, abstract, surreal elements that are combined together in an artful way and leaving it open to interpretation because it's not even like really clear what happens to Dwayne's character either, right? Like it's like, no, you know, not really, so but it's it works. all sort of, yeah. it does it work. Yeah, it's a it great works. ending. But um, yeah, it, it, yeah, because it, it's kind of like this like trippy concept that's like, that's like cool enough for like, all right, yeah, fucking hey, Ganjin Hess, you know? And it kind of reminds me too of uh, like another kind of world cinema reference with that too is like kind of like a stalker type ending too, you know, where mm-hmm. stalker is just, you've been through this insanely you know, heady experience for the two hours and then the, all they leave you with at the end is that, is that you know, is that kid pushing the glass over the table, you know? And it's just this, this really kind of just cool symbolic, yeah. you know, it's poetic. much more in the European uh, yeah. uh, vocabulary. Of yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like that's, or even I, like, I, a, I, I, I miss or how that. about guys, uh, possession? Just, yeah. I'm just randomly, you know, like what's yeah. possession about? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We should right? do What's that the last scene like? What? Yeah. It's very, that, and performance. Well, I love that when it's like uh, allegory gets so cheap sometimes, you know, and people right. really drift away from that, especially in this modern era where everything has to be like a Christ story, you know, like everything. Yeah. And so it's like, and everything has to be symbolic and spelled out for the audience. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't always work when people like don't have intention and leave it up to the audience to decide what happened. Doesn't That doesn't always work. It doesn't. But I do, but I appreciate when it does and it makes me want more of that. I'm being redundant. Like you were but- saying before. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally being redundant, yeah, but it's like that uh-huh. ending, that that style ending can work if you got a fucking cool ass idea, you know. If it's just like yeah. a, and then at the end, that guy you forgot about from an hour ago <laughs> is gonna come out of the fucking water and start running at the camera. No, I know. You know, like well, you know what, guys, really stays with you. Yeah, that image, exactly. powerful image that stays with you. You know, that's probably yeah. how it made it in the film. They shot it, and they're like, "Hey, this is great. We have to use yeah. it." You know. Well, that's <laughs> well. You know what? That was. You know what? That might have been the fucking editor. Right. Remember I was saying before, like the editor went, you know, you know, Bill, I want to end with that guy running out of the pool. It's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But can I just say another thing? We just did a movie where it has a very enigmatic ending that is a punch in the gut and there's no quick Mm. explanation. Strosik, what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah, it (laughs) is. It's similar. Like, uh, it is. Yeah. 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 Although, yeah, it always feels like Herzog's got more of a clear idea, but he does seem to like not want to spoil it. For he said he didn't too. even know. 
But Remember he way, said though? it's symbolic of something. I'm not sure what it is, but it's I love symbolic. that he doesn't. Yeah, he always says that he doesn't like to go into allegory too. That it's cheap and that it feels. I think he does talk about that. Let me get yeah. a little meta in terms of just talking about the various movies that we like to talk about. You know, with Strozek yeah. that we did a few weeks back, it's sort of like you know Herzog's the type of filmmaker like a Bill Gunn, where mm-hmm. Herzog Herzog has the doc eye. You know, he's got the documentary eye, so he shows mm-hmm. up to a location. He sees that and he's capturing it like he would if he was a documentarian or, you know, capturing that like kind of live and having that freedom of just like I'm inspired by something that's right here. I didn't show up with a storyboard of it. I didn't have it in my script. Yeah. I'm feeling the location. I'm feeling the moment. I feel like this today. Mm. It's mm. raining. Mm-hmm. So we're going to incorporate the rain. It's yeah, whatever. Love you know? it. And it's, yes. it's, it's like it's really going with that flow. And I feel like Bill Gunn is the same sort of way. And, and, and it's remarkable. What happened in the church? Yeah. Oh, that. And it's it's very remarkable that he, that he found a crew that seemingly was also operated in the same way. It's like what you were saying, which is that's what's cool exactly. about that, because you don't you don't luck out, you know, finding people who are on your same wavelength like that. Wavelength. Yeah. 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 I, well, he, spent, the- he spent time. He did um, put, th- you know, he uh, I guess he had a good eye for for a certain kind of talent, mm. or at least I think he would have these intense conversations and it was all he needed to go, we're on the same wavelength. That's what the editor was saying. It's like, we just rapped really hard for a while. That's and it awesome. went, wow, 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 wow. And then, like, it's like, I get it. You get it. We get it. Go. Yeah. And, and to yeah. be honest, like, oh, sorry, go, Marcus. You want to say something? I was just thought, yeah, I was just that idea of documenting, too. I was thinking of the production or the, it's not production design, but just the location of the house, too. It's like one of the joys of this movie is just watching how well they filmed the house and like seeing all the details there. And I'm seeing Tom, I'm going to toss it to you. I know you no, to say no, something. it's fine. It's just, uh, just to speak to what you're saying, uh, you know, we're running out of time. I think one thing, if I, if I might make a statement, you guys go, I have a, a couple more tidbits. So it's there's about, a ma- it's about the house though, right? Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> so there's magic to this film. This is going to blow your guys' mind. They come in, they rent its old mansion, you know, old white money, uh, you know, up the Hudson River mansion. They rent it for like, you know, five weeks. The first thing they did was have a drum ceremony for 24 hours. Dozens of drummers, (laughs) dozens of drummers nonstop jammed in a huge drum circle, cyclically hypnotic rhythm for an entire day. And uh, and then they said, Naturally. OK, we're ready. Yeah. No. And yeah, I know. Th- then they're ready. Then, though, they wrapped it up and they had a full on seance at the house. Whoa. And so I feel and I'm going to get trip, trippy, dippy, hippie in for a second. This film, that vibe that does bleed out into what we're watching, what was shot. Mm, don't you think? Yeah, don't you totally. feel it a little bit? Yeah. yeah, that vibe. Yeah, it does feel like because a lot of it feels haunting, even maybe when it's not trying to or absolutely. You know, like, there's, there's some stuff. I mean, even before it gets spooky, just sitting with Bill, Gunn, and Dwayne mm-hmm. in that room, and he's and Bill's character is like just kind of not right. Like something's wrong with him, and he's you know what talking, it definitely, and it feels very off. It feels very unsettling watching it. But you're not even sure if it's intentional or not. I mean, it I is, know. but you're not sure if it's just like you're like, is this writing weird or what is happening? It feels. It's it feels unsettling off. and part of yeah, yeah. It's off. It feels off. And like those early shots in the beginning of the film, I'm seeing the clock, you know, in the corner of my eye, but those early those mm-hmm. early shots in the film where they are kind of like 
really wide and like medium and like the way they're framed. It's almost like kind of a silent movie. It almost kind of feels oh. like kind of like, you know, I don't know, some sort of murnau kind of thing just like goth because there's a gothic yeah. quality to, you know what i'm sort of saying yeah where it's like i can of almost course. see them yeah. like i can almost see them cutting to like the car like the dialogue card you know because yeah. no i in, know what in you terms mean of that, well, that there's framing. a lot of inanimate objects too uh yeah. oh yeah and, uh, well remember i was saying before that bill showed the, the dp like a lookbook and i think that bill believed bill's a very interesting person we're not really getting that much into him tonight and that's okay uh, but like he um, he was an interesting guy. I don't think you could say he was anything in particular, a filmmaker, an actor, a writer. <gasps> he was just sort of <clears throat> an interesting person. And so he had all these, what I mean by that is all these predictions and like fascinations. And like he was, this is all so personal. This is Bill Gunn's like mind being projected onto a screen. You know, so it's like he's into like European statuette, statues, yeah, a lot of you know, statues. and like angels, a lot of angels. Mm -hmm. You know, but one thing I want to bring up just anecdotally about this again reminds me of performance in Donald Camel in his behavior as a quote unquote director. There's this great one of those great uh, sex scenes that are very weird and sensual, like oh, toe sucking man. and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's I want one to talk moment. Yeah. OK, let's maybe wrap up with that. She's she's having sex with a uh, guy just having sex with the uh, the dinner guest, it's called. And they're totally nude and they're sweating uh, partly the lights and i think they're partly also getting kind of worked up the two people so bill is just there and they're shooting and bill just starts throwing glitter on their on their sweaty yeah you can see body. the glitter yeah isn't that weird <laughs> it's just so like, cool. yeah. like it yeah. looks great it looks great on fit on film though you know i mean you can totally tell it's no, glitter, but that's but my it point looks, it's looks, like yeah. he's like this is just it's like seasoning like a chef like Okay, sweaty, beautiful, ebony bodies, filmed really weird and shadowy and close up and abstracted, glitter. Is that the sex <laughs> scene where like God. is that the sex scene where things get really murder. quiet? Gets really quiet too, and like all you, all you can hear is kind of breathing, and then like the slight hum of that like optical track on the sound. I, I'm not like, sure because oh, there's a lot okay. of really interesting like quiet and loud in this movie, you know, and just like deafeningly quiet moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is right before yeah. she kills him and they're both bathed in blood. Well, I was going to say that's that, glistening too, which yeah. is that. incredible imagery. That's the, yeah, the blood, that the glistening, the bloody back, right? With the glistening, glimmering, bloody back is a that great That is one, shot. Of, the, one yeah. of the top images. Real quick, I just want to get two of my favorite little not well one favorite one one something different but my favorite is this uh little sequence in there uh more towards the end of the film which is amazing where it's that i'm guessing it's a dream hallucination of where 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 where, where hess is stabbing ganja Like this, and he's and they're outside, yeah. and it, and it's like he's the sun's behind his head. And he's it's the second. It's the second wedding. It, wow! Yeah, they're See, having I'm, their blood wedding. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's. But go that's, ahead. That's incredible stuff. I, yeah. the, that, music, that scene, the, 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 the music, the half close up of her face, guys. Yeah, and, and and the cutting and the editing. It's kind of a, one of those moments where it all comes I agree. together. And like this the movie music, has those, like where things just go. It's whoa. an ultimate ganjanessing. Oh, yeah. I got one more tidbit. 
of the magic. I'm just having the through line of like, there's magic weird dust around this film. Guess what? They wake up one morning and they go, what's going on with the sun? There's a fucking eclipse. I looked it up on an almanac online, like Jeez. in July 7th, 1972, there was a full eclipse and that's what's happening in the film. And by continually mortifying our corrupt affections, we may be buried. They were shooting in that field and there was a goddamn eclipse and they went, oh, wow. we're shooting this. Right? Wow. That's amazing. That's, That's incredible. Amazing. I love that. Oh, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. We, yeah. We, probably, we did talk about the sound. We didn't like talk about it as much as we could probably, but I will be upset if I don't mention this one thing is that Go. the fucking baby noise sound effect. I heard it. Back. I called it. The I famous know. baby noise sound oh, effect. I love the baby back. noise. I was like, oh, Marcus yeah. is going to talk about the baby noise. Yeah, it's there. Baby um, noise it up, man. Baby noise it up. But uh, I, for me, like literally mm -hmm. was repulsed, like actually a little ill feeling during that moment in the beginning of the movie where he's in the bathtub and he's and he's brushing his teeth with the bath water. That really well, that's famous. <laughs> well, okay. Freaks me out. That's famous. A, A. It was cut out of Blood Couple. Okay, good. B, B. Um, in the commentary, they all said, you know what? With all the blood and the horror, the only scene that had the audience shriek when Ganji yeah. has premiered was that toothbrush in the bathtub scene. And that's your director, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's your director, Bill Gunn. Yeah, He's a wild man. I rationalize it because I guess like, well, if you're gonna clean yourself afterwards, I guess you can. He is. Drink, he is you can wash your mouth out yeah. with the bathwater. Yeah. Still, that is some. That is some gnarls like Barkley there. Something floating in the particularly bath water dirty too. bath water too. Yeah, it's like something floating. But, but listen, Bill Gunn. Bill Gunn dances to his own drummer. I love the guy. Uh, shout out to him. Um, do further reading, folks, if you're interested. Um, he wrote some books. Like I said, he wrote a bio uh, in 1981. I, I highly recommend reading it. Uh, great film. I didn't have enough time. Thanks for uh, tolerating me, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, Tom was allowed. This, this was a spray bottle free zone for Tom, so he he, he gets one per year. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the deep dish. Yeah, it was good. I thought. Yeah. I hope you guys found it interesting. Oh, I did. Yeah. I learned. I I because I because I knew uh, that I wanted to you know kind of just see the movie, have that hit me, but I knew you were gonna you know br like bring me to school on this, and so I was I was I was all ready for that. So and I was amazing. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we're kind of doing a little post post mortem here but it's just it was it's super amazing because sometimes the movies yeah it's fun to talk about the films but sometimes the story mm -hmm. behind the movie is a little bit more interesting than the movie that you know uh than you know than the movie so i think uh, this yeah. is a little bit of a case yeah for it it's helps. a wild yeah it's wild it's pretty wild yeah and i recommend uh you know like i said if you guys want to check it out blood couple anybody wants to see it it looks really shitty but it's on youtube and and but again like i was saying before it always looks shitty. No one's going to touch it. No one's going to restore it. It's never going to be on Blu-ray. It was but never on Blood the Blu-ray. It's not, it's not on the Blu-ray? They didn't? Un unless I'm mistaken. No, yeah. it's totally... Did, I'm going to quote somebody. It was orphaned. Blood Couple's did, orphaned. Right. Wow. Did Michael Weldon mention Ganja and Hess in Psychotronic? Did he, that's what I said. No, I know beginning. you mentioned Blood Couple, I thought you said, but he, he did mention Ganja and Hess? Yeah, just as a basic like retitling. You know, his blurbs are so short. In that yeah. encyclopedia, that's why I wasn't sure if, like, you know, yeah, was, he does. Well, the, well, the, well, this ad slick is for double possession. Yeah, you know, uh, it's kind right, of a confused right. posting, I guess. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, entry. Well, and in, and, and in terms of further reading, Tom, can we link people to yeah. that to that to that uh, video yeah. watchdog? 
highly recommended. It. It's a 1991. How do you want to do it? I have a PDF. If I give it to you, could we? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's online. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we could figure we'll it out. We'll sort it out. But we, I highly recommend it. It's formally great for the reading. And big shout out to Video Watchdog for doing such a great thing in 1991 in the dark ages of like film nerdery. You, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's as some, far as tracking things down and stuff. Fanzine you know, shit they, they, almost, yeah. Yeah, they were speaking hopefully about ever see, anybody ever seeing Ganjin Hess in 1991. You know, wow. it was just so uh, fanciful to even consider where we are now, which is, right. you know, like, it's very cool. whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a great article. Okay, so we'll, we'll have that in the description somehow. We will okay. link it. It'll be in the description of the video. So definitely further reading there. All right, guys, let's let's wrap it up and talk about next week. I'm very excited because we're going to go from one here at one start. fucking hour. Yeah, yeah. The, the direction we go in is forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going right? to go from one one avant garde flick to uh, an even harder oh. art film. Uh, I would than, agree. I would yeah. agree. <laughs> I just watched the first five minutes again, and I was just like. Now I remember this film. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are SOV disasters, psychopath movies, and then there's things. Yeah, things is things is also a little bit of a documentary too. So I think it's gonna have it's some doc quality for <laughs> oh, yeah? sure. You know, you long. know what? You're taking us to Thing School next week, brother. <laughs> well, well, Joey is gonna, too, right? Yeah, we're gonna have two Thingites. Two Thingites will be on the uh, on the All old right. pod. Uh, yeah, I so might let's, not say anything. I might just nod for the whole. Uh, no, I have nothing Marcus, to say, <laughs> Marcus. No, you, I don't no, know anything you're gonna, about this film. At I all. might not watch it actually, and just no, go, you go, no, way. no, no. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing next week, everybody. We've we, we, we've we've been hyping it all month here. Just want to give we you just, a little. Sh- I know. What, we, what just, we just noticed that, uh, or I just noticed. I don't know when it came out, but Rift Tracks did a things recently, or at oh. some point. Yeah, who knows so, what that'll be like? But just yeah. a thought, you know, just a that, thought, like, but, uh, it's yeah, floating around in the consciousness. It is, but so don't the movie watch we're that doing, one before. No, <laughs> right. don't do that. You should I just actually, watch that one. Actually, uh, <laughs> yeah. never mind. Um, so okay, so once upon a time, this is next week's film. Um, I believe it was what year was it? It must have been eighty nine. No, 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 me twenty eleven. I actually re released oh. next week's movie on DVD. And it is a wow. movie called Things from 1989. We've been talking about it a lot this whole month. Shot on Super 8, Canadian, maybe one of the most Canadian films of all time. And it is <sighs> literally made for, I'm sure, $13 or somewhere in that uh, category. But it is uh, oh, very, um, it, it, it's going to be a blast because we're just basically going to celebrate. We're going we're, we're gonna to get down with this movie. We're going to get into all the uh, the amazing, wait. surreal, goofery of this whole movie. So, and, and then, of course, special I guest say, Joey Iso is going to join us. And Joey Iso yeah. on the mound. And you know what? We're talking about a really far out movie like Dungeon Hess and Blood Couple. They're truly far out, but Things is even further out. It and is. I really it's, mean that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're different X. animals, but, yeah. but wow. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is off and, the charts. And. And one thing I want to say about it too, like I mentioned, I did God. release it. I, uh-huh. I did release it on DVD, but I also released it once upon a time. Before this was a trend, everybody, I want to say this. We released it on VHS. Oh. And get a load of this. <clears throat> get a load of this, how, like the size of this case. I don't know if you can really. A big box. Yeah. Clamshell yeah. it up. This is even bigger than a big box. This is like. This is like. <laughs> this is like. This is like corporate video. You know, in corporate videos. Right. like. With, come in like a giant sure. monster case so i don't know if people really appreciated that or not but this is the <laughs> movie awesome, you're going to be watching i mean look at that just look at that yeah you know it's that so, and so much more it's not it a sequel to the thing 
<laughs> no, it's, it's not. not like aliens kind no. of thing. No. Stranger <laughs> thing. And also, well, side note is just to it, no one in the world's going to care, but this is the second time when I watch it before we do this. Second time I'll have seen it since the first time, which was the only other time, which is when I was somehow shanghaied into doing <laughs> the existing uh, commentary that's on the DVD. Yeah, yeah we had and this- I'd never seen it before and I never listened to the commentary. Yeah, so maybe that. we'll. I think it'd be fun if we pulled a few excerpts because uh, well, I had this. I had this idea. I guess you know, whatever, ten plus years ago. That what was the idea? Be, well, the idea was no, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea was no. It's just like I don't remember any of this. <laughs> no, I'm just. I barely that, remember it. No, I, I just thought it would be funny knowing you and how you interpret movies. And tonight, by the way, was a very good sampling platter of that but how how, how right. you sort of take in films and, and and talk about movies i thought it would be an interesting sort of experiment if we put tom on a, on a microphone this is 11 years ago watching this movie right. cold not seeing it and doing an audio commentary right. track sight unseen that's i don't think that's ever been done before you know, a bit of a stunt that, commentary. It is, but it was so funny, and your oh, it was fun. I had a great time. You had no idea what you were about to see, and then each of these scenes are unfolding, and so you, you're hearing your. Re- it's like a reaction video. It's your proto reaction right. video to right. things. You invented reaction. Uh, I did. Yeah, phenomenon. I invented a, a lot of things uh, with this, with things, um, and mm-hmm. it's great. And and you know, guys, the music, uh, everything. Oh, the music. There's so oh, much. No, I like stuff. the voice. I like the dubbing. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was reminded of the dubbing when I watched a little today. The dubbing uh, you is know. insane. It's Holy absolutely insane. Nikes. So we're going to well, get it'll be, it'll be a blast. It'll be great yeah. for Halloween week. Great. Yeah. Can't wait. Absolutely. So, Marcus, you got to watch it again. Big, loud. No, I'm just kidding. You Have can, you, you seen it, Marcus? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've never yeah, seen big, it. Big and loud. <laughs> yeah, big, loud like the entity, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. Jumbotron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bring your <laughs> kid. Yeah, bring you your should. kid. Definitely. No, it's it's going to be funny to hear your reaction of this movie. But again, Marcus, let me spell it out. <laughs> this is not a serious, uh, you know, uh, film that should be taken. You know, uh, like, I understand uh, that. <laughs> like classic world cinema. I get that. Okay. No, I know. I'm just messing. Yeah, I, with I understand. It's not no. like you're not holding uh, this up to to a taxi driver. It's like, but it. <laughs> no, but however, it's still probably in your top ten. <laughs> I get it. It's no. look. It's pretty special. I, I, it's pretty special. I mean, you know, we did we did our uh, art house film for the for the month tonight. So yeah, you know, this is going to be the pig slop psychopath uh, movie. Of yeah. The month. <laughs> yeah. Right. So get ready. Strap in. Here we go. We're doing it. One fucking hour on things next week. I didn't check if it's available to watch anywhere um, right now. I'm sure oh. that it's. I'm sure that it is. Well, it's on uh, Riff Tracks. <laughs> it's on Riff. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess if that's so, what you're going to do, I guess you can do that. Yeah, that's the only option. <laughs> just adding to the weirdness of it all. Oh, let me let me look and see if it is. It's on. Yeah, I'm curious. Oh, my God. It's on Shudder, you guys. So oh, if, that makes sense. If you guys are sort of. Shudder subscribers, it's on there. Um, that's kind of the best to think you got. So um, anyway. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to have a, an, an awesome time talking things uh, with Joey Izzo. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, definitely make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel if you're not already, uh, or if you're listening on Spotify, jam that subscribe button. Um, and uh, definitely tell your friends, spread the word. And we're going to be getting into some crazy shit on November. So 
November's already kind oh, yeah. of filling up. It's going to get yeah. wilder. We're into our yeah. second year, folks. We are. Year two. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, guys. Take care. Have a great rest of your week, and we will uh, talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, it is most unusual. Don't you think so, Mr. Mayor? Peel beef. That was wicked, man.